Everydayers will recall that we've talked a few times this season about the tough start to the schedule for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, including the fact that 25 of the first 37 games would be on the road. Well, two of those games remain. They happen tomorrow and Wednesday at Philadelphia. Catch those games on SiriusXM. But I've seen enough to declare that this has been a very good start to the season for your Toronto Blue Jays. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Locked On Blue Jays. I am thankful that you're choosing to spend part of your day talking Toronto Blue Jay baseball with me. Do the old, you, you know the drill, the, the like, the subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, please and thank you. And for those of you making Locked On Blue Jay podcast your first podcast listen every day, certainly thank you for that. I see you and I thank you. And for those of you putting the Locked On Blue Jay podcast in the hands of your family, friends, coworkers, anyone you know who is a Toronto Blue Jay fan so we can help grow the Locked On Blue Jay podcast, I see it and I appreciate it. Wow. Toronto Blue Jays, we, everydayers will remember that we talked at length at the beginning of the season about the schedule for the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays and that it was very difficult early on. And it wasn't, you know, Major League Baseball vendetta. It wasn't anything like it wasn't anything like that at all. It was, of course, because of the Rogers Center reg, uh, uh, renovations. Well, for whatever the reason, it was still going to be a very tough test right out the gate for pretty new look Toronto Blue Jay team. Even the players that returned, you knew that the Blue Jays were going to need to have a step forward from a Jose Barrios, a step forward from a Yusei Kikuchi, a step forward from a Matt Chapman. So never mind all the new faces that came on board as well. This was a fairly new team. The core with, you know, the Slim Daddy Vladdy and the Bows Flow and those guys, of course, the Springer at the top of the lineup. Those those are going to remain, uh, remain the same, but it was going to be a, a 2023 Blue Jay team that was going to have to win a little bit differently than they have in the past. And, and the roster was constructed as such. And we talked a lot about the fact that 25 of the first 37 games for your Toronto Blue Jays this season, 25 of the first 37 would happen on the road. And we talked about the fact that right after that, and, and we'll, we'll get into that in, 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 on Thursday, on when Blue Jays are off on Thursday in our Throwback Thursday show, but we'll get into this next stretch. Because remember, that was only the beginning, right? Right after that stretch of 25 road games in 37 games, of the first 37 games, right on the heels of that, the Blue Jays have 17 games in a row. Normally, over the course of 17 days, you'd have at least two, sometimes three days off in there. Blue Jays won't have any, and it's who's who of competition. The Atlanta Braves are in there. The New York Yankees are in there. The Tampa Bay Rays are in there. Okay, It's it's very stiff competition uh, coming up for the Toronto Blue Jays, as if to start with 25 road games in 37 of your first 37 wasn't going to be daunting enough. But how has that gone? I'm so comfortable and happy with how the Blue Jays have started this season that we don't even have to wait to deep dive the start to this season until those two games, the Tuesday and the Wednesday game at Philadelphia, because we talked and we said, listen, anything, if the Blue Jays are going to start those first 37 games at 20 and 17, I would have said right then and there, I'll take it. We know the rest of the American League East is not going to sit around and wait for the schedule to turn in Toronto's favor. It does turn in Toronto's favor. In the second half of the season, 40 of the 71 games after the All-Star break are at Rogers Center. And nine of those 31 road games in the second half of the season are Cincinnati, Colorado, and Jokeland. So 
I mean, all kinds of last place teams. So the schedule does break in the Toronto Blue Jay favor in the second half, but the American League East is going to be a tough division and, and we're going to wait around for the Blue Jays to catch those breaks from a schedule standpoint in the second half. And we've seen that play out right before our very eyes. We've seen how predictably competitive the American League East is. Well, the Toronto Blue Jays sitting right now at 21 and 14, even if they were to baseball gods forbid lose both games at Philly, that would still be a 21 and 16 start to this season. I will absolutely take it. Very pleased with that. At the very least, wanted to tread water so you can make hay in the second half of the season. Plus, in the second half of the season with all those home games, if there is an advantage to these new dimensions at the Rogers Center, the Blue Jays will figure it out by then. So a already very good home team has the potential to be an outstanding home team. Jays off to a 9-3 and three start at home, by the way, uh, <laughs> this season. They've been a good home team for a while. Pretty much in the Bo and Vlad uh, era, the Blue Jays have been an excellent home team. And you, you look at the 21 and again, 21 and 14, even if they can get just one win in Philly, that's going to be a 22 win start to this gauntlet to open up the season. Well, Craig, you know, they're, they're going to be sitting in, in fourth place. I'm, I'm not interested in any of that. I just didn't from a, a wins and loss from a record standpoint. I didn't want to see the Toronto Blue Jays get buried early on and have to play catch up for the whole rest of the season. We saw the Blue Jays in 2021 have to play catch up in September. They were incredible. I think they were the best team in baseball in September. I think, as those playoffs, you know, unraveled right before our eyes, I thought it was pretty clear that if the Jays made the playoffs in 2021, they were going to win the whole darn thing. Like, I'm still pretty bitter and pretty upset about that, to be honest with you. But we've seen before where uh, Toronto Blue Jay excellent teams, 87. There, there, there's a few different variations of Toronto Blue Jay teams throughout the years that really came up a little bit short when all was said and done because they couldn't bring it home at, at the end of the season. Well, the Toronto Blue Jays have set themselves up in 2023 extremely, extremely well. There's a stretch in late August and early September. You're talking about the schedule that's that's going to turn around for the Blue Jays. There's a stretch in late August, early September. So that's that's go time, right? That's the stretch run. You're getting into September. That's the stretch drive where the Blue Jays will play 12 straight games versus Washington, Colorado, Oakland, and Kansas City. Washington will be in last place by then. Colorado will be in last place by then. Oakland will be in last place by then. Kansas City will be in last place by then. You look at the top of the American League East right now, for example, Tampa Bay and Baltimore, they're 15 and three combined. The Rays and the Orioles are combined 15 and three against those lowly teams, Washington, Colorado, Oakland, and Kansas City. So in the second half, Blue Jays are going to have their chance to make hay against some of these teams and have put themselves in position to really be in striking distance uh, of, of the of the American League East. I, I know Tampa Bay is running away with that uh, seemingly right now, but at the very least, certainly putting themselves in position to be a playoff team in 2023. And we know once you get in that tournament, once you get in the playoffs, right, all bets are off. One of the big improvements we've seen from this season to last season that has to be pointed out is the Blue Jays' improvements against left-handed pitching. No, the Blue Jays literally were not the worst. I think Washington literally had a worse record against lefties last season than the Toronto Blue Jays, but the Jays were just 12 and 18 versus Southpaws last season. And for winning teams, for playoff teams, it wasn't even close. They were by far the worst team in baseball against lefties. They only hit 255 last season versus lefties. Well, this season, that's up to 280. That's extremely legit. That's extremely legit. It's not just great improvements. 280 is extremely legit. Blue Jays have faced a lefty nine times so far this season. They've won five of those games. They've won five of those games. So if you're looking for a reason, you know, why are the Blue Jays off to such a good start? That's a main one right there. They have flipped the switch 
And it's odd, too, because they brought in a bunch of left-handed batters, right? But just their approach at the plate has been so much better this season, in particular against lefties. Even some soft-throwing lefties that traditionally are just a nightmare for the Blue Jays. They're even getting hits. They're even hitting those sort of pitches this season. That's been a big turnaround. One area where I will say so far I think I've been wrong about the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays is I didn't think offensively they were going to take a massive step backwards. Yes, I get, you know, Gabriel Moreno and his offensive potential out. Uh, Teo and his out, uh, offensive output out. Uh, Lourdes Correa Jr. and his offensive output out. So a lot of the power, I, yeah, I mean, clearly w- w- was leaving this team. Yes, I just thought they were going to be able to generate offense differently and, and still be as uh, successful offensively, just just in a, a, in a different manner, ma- able to manufacture runs, able to win games differently. Well, they're winning games. I mean, we will have to say that. 21 and 14 as we sit here right now. I mean, again, that's a yes, please uh, a scenario. That's a yes, please start to the season. But the offense has absolutely taken steps backwards. Blue Jays uh, off are, are hitting uh, just a titch under 260 as a team. That's 10th in the league. The Blue Jays led baseball in, in team batting average last season. The Blue Jays OPS is in the middle of the pack, 13th uh, right now on, on the season. They were third in all of baseball, number one in the American League last season for OPS. Steps backwards. On base percentage. Now, this is one where it wouldn't have surprised me to see a small step backward here, but I still thought that the Blue Jays, who were number three in baseball, number one in the American League last season for on base percentage, I still thought they would be a top three uh, or top five at least on base percentage team. It's not horrible. It's at seventh. It's still more of a step backwards uh, than, than what I saw coming. I'll say that. Uh, that, that was sorry. Yeah, that's the on-base percentage. Home runs. They've got 40 home runs now, just behind the Yankees for that number. But they are outside the top 10. They are outside the top 10. Finished seventh uh, overall in home runs last season, and you have to go all the way back to 2014. Obviously not 2020. That was the COVID shortened season. But of of the full you know Toronto Blue Jay seasons, you have to go all the way back to 2014 for the last time this team did not hit at least two home runs in a season. And currently, their pace is at 185. I mean, the sky is not falling. It's not the end of the world. You know, wins are happening, right? Just the step backwards that a lot of people worried about and predicted from the offense that I was not worried about. Again, I just thought they would score differently. So far, I've been wrong about that. Uh, How about the, the name of the game, scoring runs? Well, top 10 team, but 10th in runs, right? They were fourth last season and second in the American League. Only the Yankees scored more runs last season than the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, how about uh, now you talk about Lourdes, Teo, and Moreno? Now they've combined to hit 268 with 11 home runs. Now it, it hasn't all been, you know, rosy sunshine for for those guys. Well, Gurriel's having a good season. I'll say that. Uh, Teo, Teo leads the league in strikeouts. If you've seen Teo play this season, you, you've. Uh, I was going to say he's unrecognizable. He he's actually very recognizable to Blue Jay fans. It's that Teo that we first saw when he came up. He is willing to play the pitcher's little reindeer games this season. I mean, he's he's back to that point where you could throw him that slider down and away out of the strike zone. He'll chase it for strike one. Elevate that fastball out of the strike zone. He'll chase it for strike two. Throw that slider down and away out of the strike zone. He'll chase it for strike three. He's back to being that hitter where you don't even have to throw competitive pitches. You don't even have to be in the strike zone. He's willing to play your little reindeer games right now. So don't know how much the Blue Jays are are really missing him. Out of the uh, catcher spot, I will say that we may be missing Gabriel Moreno. Now, very true to say, I mean, how great has it been to see Dalton Varshow really come on lately? I mean, do not get me wrong, and I've got big upside potential for Dalton Varshow. Ultimately, I'm very excited about that trade for the Toronto Blue Jays. But out of the catcher spot this season, my goodness, the Blue Jays catchers are, are hitting 210 
329 on base. That's not horrible, but it's not great. Just a 665 OPS. I mean, last season out of the catcher spot, the Jays hit 286 with a 360 on base and an 824 OPS. They had the best uh, uh, on base percentage and OPS out of the catcher spot of any position on the team last season. This season, you see, it's a big, big part of the steps backwards that have been taking place on offense. Back with more Locked on Blue Jays in just a moment as we continue to deep dive this very good start to the season for your Toronto Blue Jays. Going to get into the DH spot, the second base spot, and the pitching in just a moment. And a reminder that you can catch all the 2023 Toronto Blue Jay action on SiriusXM. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guarantee Fit, you can be sure you get every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that that part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guarantee fit available for U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. The DH spot for the Toronto Blue Jays. Again, hopefully this is one where the arrow's pointed upwards, right? Because Brandon Belt hopefully is really coming on lately. But uh, anyone hitting in the DH spot for the Blue Jays this season, 202 batting average. 202 batting average. 322 on base. I mean, I guess that on base isn't horrible. It's not good. It's not good. 202 batting average is horrible. 653 OPS from the DH spot. Just three home runs, 14 RBIs all season long out of the DH spot. And the DH is hitting the five double plays this season for the Blue Jays. So three home runs, five double plays from your designated hitter. <laughs> does not compute. Does not compute. That's definitely, and I hope it's Brandon Belt, right? We hope you see, but somebody's got to step up for the Toronto Blues. And, and we know that the Jays like to use that DH spot for their other catcher as well. well. Those are during times, like we saw last season, where both catchers, Jan and Kirk, were really hitting. Hasn't been the case, at least so far this season. Out of the second base spot, I know this will surprise you because Whit Merrill's having such a fantastic season. But the Blue Jays have not gotten production out of whoever's playing second base. The second base spot right now is giving them a 170 batting average with 260 on base percentage. Those are both gross, gross, gross numbers. Just 474 OPS out of the out of the second base spot. On Sunday, Whit Merrifield was hitting, was playing a second base, and he hit the only home run that a Blue Jays second baseman has hit so far this season. And I know you're saying, but Craig, I feel like Whit's having a great season. So do I. So do I. But the majority of his impact has come when he's been playing in the outfield. Whit actually 17 for 50. That's a 340 batting average when he's played in the outfield. Just 13 for 51, including his good game that he had on Sunday. Just 13 for 51. That's a 255 average out of the, when he plays when he's played second base. And we know so 255 wits hitting in, at second. The Blue Jays, as a team, are hitting just 202 at second. So we know who's who's bringing down that average even further. Well, we know Santiago Espinal has struggled mightily. We know Kevin Biggio has struggled mightily. How about the pitching? Pitching tied for first with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Ironic, because the Blue Jays just swept them, uh, just swept them uh, in their own home ballpark. The 18 quality starts for the Blue Jays. That's tied for the most in baseball. It's the, the the starting pitching, I think, has been overall 
has been very good. And I say overall, right? Because of course, hey, we've seen hiccups. There's no doubt about it. Heck, have we even seen an Alec Manoa start from Alec Manoa yet, right? So, so I do get that. But I think on the whole, I would have to say I'm pretty pleased with the starting pitching. Blue Jays are four and three in games when Alec Manoa starts. Blue Jays are four and three in games when Kevin Gosman starts. I think that both of those very much have the potential to improve. Blue Jays also four and three when Chris Bassett, when the Hound is on the mountain. They've won three of his last four starts. The only loss that the veteran has had for the Toronto Blue Jays, and, and or the only time the Blue Jays have lost with the veteran on the mound, I should say, in his last four starts was that whatever that debacle was last Sunday when they were about to sweep the Seattle Mariners. Remember that up eight four late? Teo hits the home run to make it eight five. Blue Jays end up blowing that game. They lose that game ten to eight. In Bassett's last four starts, that's the only game the Blue Jays have lost. He's been very good. I remember where he came from, right? Remember that first game against St. Louis? And what a side note. Can you believe how St. Louis has crumbled as well? When the Blue Jays lost two out of three to open the season at St. Louis, we kind of thought, well, they won that first game. It was a scrappy first win. The you know, It was a sort of win where the manufactured runs. It was a sort of win where the, the 2022 you know, previous Blue Jays wouldn't have won that game. So it was pretty cool to see them win that game. And then they lost. They lost. That was on the Thursday. They were off the Friday. Remember that? And then the Saturday-Sunday game, they lost both those games. And it was kind of, well... Got one out of there. Okay, heading to Kansas City. Let, let's turn things around against the lowly Kansas City because St. Louis is going to win the Central. They're a good team. Well, they have been. They've only won. I think uh, uh, they've only won nine games since then. Holy moly! Wow. Just as a side note. Wow. Jose Barrios, Blue Jays just three and four when Barrios has started this season. Now I will say that he himself, uh, you know, very typical of the Blue Jays starting rotation. His his ups have been wow, and his downs have been yikes. But the, the Blue Jays are 2-0 and when he's pitched at Rogers Center. Now, that is right in line with what we saw last season. The, the Blue Jays, as much as Barrios himself struggled, for whatever reason, does he inspire his – I don't know. For whatever reason, the Blue Jays won last season when he was on the mound at Rogers Center. They went 14-2, and and Jose Barrios starts last season 2-0 and at Rogers Center so far this season. And then, holy, holy moly, the Toronto Blue Jays. Is this good for a number five starter? And you know I've had my my issues with you, Kakuchi. You know this for a fact. Every dayers have, have heard me talk about this. You know it for a fact. But what's the name of the game? Ultimately, wins and losses. That's the first and foremost. Yusei Kakuchi, when he's taking the ball every fifth day for your Toronto Blue Jays, again, is he really a five starter at this point? The Blue Jays this season, he started seven games. Blue Jays have won six of those seven games. I mean... Is that getting it done? Is that good? Holy moly. Holy moly. Uh, even that one loss was that one run loss at Fenway Park, which, which he, I mean, don't get me wrong, he didn't pitch well in that game, but the Blue Jays made a lot of uh, scuffles and mistakes in that game as well. But my goodness, Toronto Blue Jays 6-1 and one when Yusei Kikuchi has started so far this season. That's going to work, yeah. Uh, the bullpen is had the bullpen similar to the starting pitching, right? What have we seen so far in this from this 21 win uh, Blue Jay team? We've seen some ups and downs again. The ups have been lights out, wow, 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 I pop emoji, and the downs have been holy moly, what is going on here now? Again, everydayers are going to know I attribute a lot of the downs to this bullpen to managerial decisions that have been made by, by Schneider and Mattingly. I, I really hope that. That, uh, that that's going to get cleaned up as the season goes on. And I'm really excited. And I, I've said, I know it's not a conversation for the faint of heart because this is like, what, the fourth, fifth year in a row we're saying, hey, can Nate Pearson contribute to this team? But I've not lost faith in Nate Pearson at all. I'm very pleased he's up on the big league level. Of course, want Zach Pop back. Some not just CanCon, but I really like Zach Pop's stuff. But I think this Toronto Blue Jay bullpen has absolute potential and has been very good so far in 2023. As your Toronto Blue Jays have currently played 35 games so far, that 
That seems incredible to me, actually. It seems like the season just started, but yeah, 35 games in. So wanted to deep dive, wondered, was there any significant number 35s in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history? Well, it didn't disappoint. There certainly was. Let's start with 35 is the franchise record for one player for most RBIs in one month of a season. It was actually done by two different players on the same team in the same month of the same season. Pretty incredible, actually, that 2015 Toronto Blue Jay team. Now, if I told you it was the 2015 Toronto Blue Jays, you you there would be a usual cast of characters you you would think, right? And, and you'd be right. It'd be amongst uh, Jose Bautista, Edwin Encarnacion, and Josh Donaldson. Do you remember that August 2015? And if you take your mind's eye back, it was just a spectacular time to be a fan in Toronto Blue Jay lore. Remember now, the, of course, we know 92 and 93, that's the back-to-back World Series teams. But between 93 and 2015, it was actually the Toronto Blue Jays with the horrible distinction, embarrassing distinction as a fan, painful distinction of being the team with the longest playoff drought in North American sports. So between 93 and when the Blue Jays made the playoffs in 2015, every single NHL team had made the playoffs. Every single NBA team had made the playoffs. Every single NFL team had made the playoffs. And all the baseball teams had made the playoffs, except your Toronto Blue Jays. And remember the David Price trade happened and just the city, the country, the fan base caught absolute fire. And in that month of August, where the Blue Jays really turned things on and that offense really became incredible, especially at the top of that lineup, holy moly, Edward Encarnacion. And Josh Donaldson, each with 35 RBIs, one month, 35 RBIs. <clears throat> I mean, I could see maybe Vlad could, could I, I could see Vlad maybe could take that record down. He's going to need a month where he's going to get, you know, like a, a 10, 10 to a dozen, let's say, home runs where he just catches absolute fire. Bo's doing his thing. Springer's doing his thing. So in other words, the, 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 the table is set, right? The setup guys are doing their job in front of him. I could see Vlad. Vlad maybe haven't at that record, but that's about the only one. I mean, 35 RBIs in one month. There were, uh, I think it was 19 different games that uh, that Edwin had an RBI that month. Like, are you kidding? Just absolutely incredible. That, that August 2015, if you recall, nine of those RBIs for Edwin came in that one game. Remember his hat trick home run game? Uh, it was late August 2015, one of the more... And I, I always say this word. I know it's not a word, but it was one of the funnest. You know what I mean? Though? One of the funnest times I've ever had at a ballpark was actually at that game at the restaurant in left field there. I think it was called Ariba back in those days. I don't think it's called Ariba anymore. But if you remember that, that, that rest, or if you know that restaurant out in left field, it overlooks even how the, the Rogers Center was built before. It would still overlook the Blue Jay bullpen there. And Latroy Hawkins couldn't believe it. He's not a hockey guy at all, right? So Edwin hits the third home run. All the hats coming on the field. It was such a sight to behold. It was such a fun time in Blue Jay history, if you remember that. And Latroy Hawkins was going nuts. I, I was just fixated watching. He was going absolute nuts. He didn't know about this hockey tradition with the hat tricks and stuff. And everyone throwing their hats. What a scene. What a memory. 35 RBIs, Josh Donaldson and Edwin in one month. How about some players that wore number 35 for the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, would you believe that Hall of Famer Phil Necro, yeah, the legendary knuckleballer Phil Necro, he made 716 starts in his career. Well, 713, 714, and 715, three of his last four starts, were with the Toronto Blue Jays. This was back when the Blue Jays, uh, this is back in 1987. So, And one of these days, we're going to have to get into the 1987 Toronto Blue Jays. Would you believe they authored one of the great collapses in baseball history? I mean, 87, and I still may be saying it's too soon. That That's how, more, how much that one hurt. But Necro, at, uh, in the, about, you know, probably about 70, 80% of the way through the season was brought in by the Blue Jays. The plan was, 
So on paper, kind of makes sense. The plan was Phil Necro for eight innings with that knuckleball and then Tom Hankey with that, you know, blowing you away with that fastball in the ninth. Well, that experiment only lasted three starts. They would they revisit that experiment a couple of seasons later. We'll get into that in a moment here. But yeah, Phil Necro wore number 35 for the Toronto Blue Jays for all three. They only made three starts. Blue Jays went 0-3 in those games. A couple seasons later, speaking of veterans coming to the Blue Jays right at the end of their career, Bud Black, if you remember him, the the longtime Kansas City Royal uh, and, and the Kansas City Royals in those days were, were a major pain for the Toronto Blue Jays, including uh, eliminating the Jays in the 85 uh, playoffs. Bud Black, part of that as well. But Bud Black was uh, traded, uh, was brought in by the Blue Jays. They traded Moro Gazzo for Bud Black. The veteran would come in for a couple starts in September of the in, in the 1990 season. Uh, again, just just didn't work out with the Blue Jays. He, he was at the very end of his career, but I definitely wanted to bring that up because I want to shout you out. If you know who Moro Gazzo is, we can be friends. That's one of the, the that's one of the litmus uh, tests. So if a Toronto Blue Jay fan knows who Moro Gazzo is, then I know they've been through some of the struggle seasons in Toronto Blue Jay fandom. The very next season after that, 1991, some CanCon as Dennis Boucher would wear number 35 for the Toronto Blue Jays, and, and he would be significant for the Blue Jays in '91. In that. He was traded during that season, even though he was a good Canadian kid, right? You'd think the Blue Jays would be excited to have a, a Canadian coming up on their team. Well, he was traded with Glenn Allen Hill and Mark Witten in return for Tom Candiotti and Turner Ward. And Tom Candiotti, you might remember, that's another knuckleballer. Remember I said the Blue Jays would revisit this, hey, knuckleballer for eight inning, then Tom Hankey with that fastball lights out for the ninth inning. Well, they would revisit that with Candiotti in 91. Blue Jays made the playoffs in 1991, and Tom Candiotti would start game one and game five of that Minnesota series in the ALCS against the Minnesota Twins. The Twins just absolutely smacked the Blue Jays out of the playoffs four games to one that season and absolutely smacked Tom Candiotti's knuckleball in game one and then did it again for good measure in game five. Now, speaking of CanCon, that's worn number 35 for Toronto Blue Jays, Jeff Francis. And speaking of that 2015 Toronto Blue Jay team as well, right? It was with that 2015 Toronto Blue Jay team. I, I know that's hard to remember for a lot of fans, I, and, I, and I don't blame you. It's, it, it was literally the end of his career. I don't think he pitched again uh, in baseball other than uh, at the end of that uh, 2015 season with the Toronto Blue Jays. And he was uh, coming out of their bullpen, longtime starter, of course, for the Colorado Rockies for many years. And he, in in 2015, despite that being the first Blue Jay playoff team in eons, as we were talking about earlier, they went just two and 12 in games that Jeff Francis came in. Like he just got rocked left, right, and center. He was really just, just a mop-up man, just, just an arm to have for, for the sake of having that left-handed depth uh, in that bullpen. Started the season and ended the season with the Blue Jays. And again, they just did not have much success. It was neat to have Jeff Francis on the Blue Jays. You know, it's can-con. It was easy to cheer for. It was neat to have, but uh, he would, his career was definitely over. How about the best player to wear number 35 in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history? That's got to be... The big hurt, Frank Thomas. This is one of those answers. Frank Thomas with the Blue Jays, Jose Canseco with the Blue Jays. There's actually a few Blue Jays, but it's one of those where you see the polls on Twitter or you see people talking about, hey, who, who's a, a star player that you associate with a certain team that you you have to be reminded, oh, yeah, that's right. They actually played one season or whatever it is with this team. Well, you'll, you'll hear Frank Thomas with the Blue Jays brought up a lot. And Frank Thomas... His time in Toronto, I mean, it was short, played played a little over 170 games, I believe, uh, with the Blue Jays. So his time in Toronto was short, yes, but it was not insignificant as in one of the games Frank Thomas played with the Blue Jays, he would hit his 500th career home run. So he would pretty much, as, as if he needed to anyway, but 500 is really a magic number to, well, it used to be, right, you know, bonds and that now. But at that time, it was a magic number to punch your ticket uh, as, a, as a sure first ballot Hall of Famer to Cooperstown. I mean, as if Frank Thomas really needed that, right? His career was a Hall 
Hall of Fame career already, but that was pretty awesome. That was pretty historic. If you're again, if you remember this game, I say we can be friends. I, I remember he he hit that home run to make it four nothing in the first inning for the Blue Jays. But uh, who was it? Uh, AJ Burnett and Jason Frazier would get hammered the rest of that game. Jays would actually lose that game. <laughs> so um, that was those uh, those black jerseys that that a lot of uh, fans like the red jerseys. A lot of fans feel very strongly one way or the other about those black jerseys. I like them, but he hit that 500th home run in the black jersey. And finally, who's wearing number 35 for your 2023 Toronto Blue Jays? Jay Jackson. Easy to cheer for this guy. 35-year-old, uh, been been up and down you know, throughout the minors and majors for the last what, five, six, seven years, I, I guess at this point. Uh, he's appeared in 60 MLB games, including uh, including on uh, Saturday for the Blue Jays. Three-in-one career record, ERA just over four. Jays want him to be that multi-inning guy, and, and again, really easy to cheer for him. He really impressed a lot of people in spring training with that slider. So all due respect to Jay Jackson. I hope he does great. He's a Toronto Blue Jay. I love it. But he's on the big league level right now because Zach Pop is hurt. So more can-con, Zach Pop is hurt, and you know, man, I feel very strongly about what Zach Pop can do to contribute to the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays. So yes, easy to cheer for you, Jay Jackson, but yeah, I want uh, Zach Pop back. That'll wrap up Monday's edition of Locked on Blue Jays. Join me tomorrow as we deep dive what we've seen so far on this road trip, plus get you set for game one of this mini two-game set at Philly as the recently returned Bryce Harper will and the Phillies will host your Toronto Blue Jays. You can catch that game on Sirius XM. And for now, keep it locked on the Locked on Podcast Network and check out Locked on MLB.